Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 113 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Mark Hoffmeyer of the Conair Pod and the Deep Blue Sea Pod and Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back, Mark. Yeah, in honor of this episode, I went to the nearest skyscraper, and now I'm in the bowels of it in in just surrounded by concrete getting in the mode of it i just wanted to feel like i am inside a skyscraper i took my shoes off i'm wearing a tank top i grew up my hair it's great i'm sitting on top of the transformer i just want everyone to know that i take this show seriously so well, here I am. after all your posturing and your little speeches you know <laughs> you're nothing but Her look you're nothing but a common thief. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a very good thief. No, I'm that an exceptional, looks exceptional, exceptional. Have you seen the movie <laughs> Green Room? Yes, with Patrick Stewart and yes. uh, like I love that moment. And uh, and then Chekhov, right? Yeah, Chekhov, Anton Anton Yelchin, Anton Yelchin, Imogen right. Poots. It's so good. And but there's a scene at the end when. Anton Yelchin looks at Patrick Stewart and he's like, you were so much scarier at night because, you know, he, he saw, he heard him behind the door and he was this presence. And then when he saw him in the daylight, he's like, Oh, okay. So this look that Bonnie's giving him or Holly is giving him Holly. It's the holidays, but you have just, she just has disdain. She went from fear to almost somewhat respect. And then in this scene, she's like, you're just a punk. Like it's, it's, yes. Hey, the pop filter. Remember when we talked about that in the first episode? Mm-hmm. I just uh, first week. I just did a my thing. Probably pop the like. I think it popped. It it. What's the word? It absorbed some of the pop, so it came back. Like in our third episode, from what we talked about from the first one. But it just reminded me of Green Room. The her look at Gruber. It's so good. She's just like such good framing. Just I love this movie. <laughs> I don't care. It's so good. But yeah, Green Room's great too. Just letting y'all know. <laughs> so episode 113 begins with Hans trying to contact John and ends with Hans defending his profession. <laughs> okay, so everything ended yesterday with uh, Hans, you know, declaring to Theo and Eddie and Kristoff that uh, you know, they have a new ace in the hole. They have they have uh Holly, you know, a a policeman's wife, you know, as yeah. But uh, so at this point, he takes the the, the CB or the walkie-talkie and still has his hand in the pocket from yesterday and says, McLean, I have some news for you, McLean. <laughs> so I, I love the fact that that things are just calm here. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. he's brought uh, Holly into the into the vault, thrown her onto the floor, but he still remains calm the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. In his mind, everything is calm right now. Uli is upstairs, you know, taking care of all the uh, the various hostages. He knows that John is somewhere around there, and that hunt uh, that Carl is is hunting him down. But that's all he knows, you know. But but things are calm here in the vault, and he seems a bit shocked, you know, that John finally isn't answering him. You know, he, mm-hmm. they've, they've been talking through these walkie talkies for. The, for for the entire movie, and at this point, he keeps saying, "John, John, where are you?" You know, like, like finally, he wants to say something. The whole time, he's 
He doesn't want to talk to John. Now he finally wants to talk to him, and John can't answer. That's yeah. That'd be funny if John's a new phone. Who dis? But yeah, he, that's a great point. Yeah, they're just chatting back and forth, and he finally has one up on him. It's a great deflating moment for Gruber. You know, he's seen like such an immortal kind of suave, in control guy, and here McLean's not responding to him, and Holly's just giving him crap. I kind of like yeah. that about it. That's a good villain, and I think. A lot of movies that sort of ripped off this type of villain, and I'm not saying Gruber's the first. I mean, watch Bond movies. There were supervillains before Gruber, very suave villains. But you look at the movies in, in, that, that followed this, and a lot of the villains, I don't think they ever look bad or look weak. Like I like that this time they look at Gruber and she gives him the crap. And I think it's kind of a selfless thing for Alan Rickman, too. Like He's not overly stylized. He's not... Just, I, I like that they're not afraid to make fun of Gruber in this situation. And then right. he gets a great retort back. And you're like, oh, I like this a lot. But when he's shuffling for the money, oh, we'll get to it. I'll let you, uh, we'll talk. Right. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll let <laughs> so you then keep the, going. The, I mean, we only get to see Hans for, for five seconds at the beginning. And then, you know, we're back to the to the brawl between John and Carl. You know, uh, John then kicks Carl while he's on the floor. And, you know, Carl actually goes flying. He, like, really, really moves very far when he hits him. Yeah. And it's a powerful he, he, kick. Yeah. But, but unfortunately, John kicked him in the wrong place because, you know, now uh, Carl is, is closer to the gun. So we see that is a, we see a hand reaching out for the gun. And then we, we hear that it's being cocked. And then we see a, John of, uh, a shot of John who's looking very worried and you know then then we see that it's actually carl who's holding the gun and he lifts up his arm and he aims it and he shoots once and at that time we then we the, the shot changes and we see john uh running to try and leave the room as the the shot rings out and then we hear him groan you know which I love we, that we, groan. Assume, ah! we assume it means he got shot you know we mm. we don't really you don't see any blood come out or anything like that, but you know by by his. Uh, but what's funny is is that if you look at the if if you look you before the blood he starts the... running, once again before he starts running, if you look at the second ten, okay, look at second ten. You know, doesn't it look like John has already been shot. Yeah, he looks pretty beat up. No, but Maybe he that... has a he has blood on. I, I guess you can say that. The, the on his rotator cuff on the back, you know, which is but apparently gets, like the area that he gets shot in a few seconds from now. He gets shot on the opposing shoulder, so that left shoulder has blood, and then he runs and gets shot on the right, and then it's oh, that's on the right, door. that's right. Oh, right, right, okay, that's right. There is blood yeah. that sprays on the door, right? I love these yeah. little videos that you send me. They're so easy. You send out minute clips, and they make it very <laughs> easy to watch what we're talking about here. This is wonderful. But yeah, yes. so. I mean, yeah, we almost got some continuity. There's a lot of there's a lot of smoke going on in this scene, though. I understand that skyscrapers produce a lot of you know billowing smoke. And there's a lot of barrels here too. You know, you watched you you watched the documentary about this. I love that when they they were like, oh, there's a furniture dolly, we'll use it. Oh, there's chains, we'll use it. Oh, there's a stairwell, exactly. we'll use it. Like that's a well, great location, Scout. What's what's even what's even cooler is, is if you watch throughout the movie at the you know towards the beginning you see people pass the chains, you see people pass the barrels. I mean they're there the whole time. 
you know, the, there's a whole idea of Chekhov's gun. You know, you have Chekhov's chain, you have Chekhov's barrels, Chekhov's pipes. You know, everything. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, the the way that they use these locations where you can see things that are going to be used, you know, an hour from now or an hour and a half from now, is just great. You know, especially when you know the movie. You know, when people talk about they want to blow up the three-act structure and I want to revolutionize film, I don't think that's always necessary. I think you just got to establish a landscape, make it – like, look at Mad Max Fury Road. They drive away, and then they drive back. Like, it's not right. – you're not changing the world. It's a very simple plot structure, but then that allows – when you don't have so many twists and turns, because they're literally driving in a straight line in that movie – you are able to focus on characters more and and have beats and create this stuff. And I think that's what Die Hard does. It's such a, such a simple structure that you're allowed to have Chekhov's chains, Chekhov's furniture yeah. dolly, uh, all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. You know, Chekhov's photo frame, Chekhov's everything. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, it's just look look at Predator too, another McTiernan joint, where it's a predator. It's a large Yautja attacking beefy men. Like that's not. So it's not a hard plot. Like that's an easy <laughs> plot. And but you're able to create lasting characters in yeah. that. A lot of people don't learn lessons from these types of films. Like the raid, they're trying to fight to the top. Mad Max Fury Road, they go back and forth. Like I sometimes convoluted action films I love, but I don't think they ever are the classics. Is there a convoluted action movie that you would say is an, an all-timer, like a Die Hard? Mm, nope, just Die Hard. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. I don't know. I, I know I just dropped that on you, and I'm thinking out loud. I, I can't think of anything. There's nothing that, that jumps out at me that's like, wow, this is such a great action movie. You know, that that's not Die Hard. You know, that, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Like even aliens, people go to, to a place and they get stranded, and then they have to leave because they're attacked by aliens. Like, it's right. not, the plot is not intense. It's just the character work. I mean, Cameron's the pro at that anyway. Right. But, well, true life. That's I don't speed. They're on a bus. True Lies gets convoluted, but I don't. I never hear about True Lies being in the like all timer. No. Equation. No. It's because like, it's 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 you know that I think part of that is because True Lies uh, toes the line between being an action movie and a comedy. Yeah. Know, because they put Tom Arnold in there, you know, and he's being shot at, and he stands behind a little pole, you know, and doesn't get doesn't get hit, and then you know checks himself to make sure he didn't get hit. You know, it's like little, little things like that, which which makes it a fun movie, but it doesn't make it an all-time great movie. Do you think Die Hard is a high-concept movie? Because it's just a cop gets stranded in a building with terrorists. So that's a high concept. But like True Lies... It's, it's 30, 30 stories high. Yeah, 30 <laughs> stories high. Like, the poster <laughs> explains it. True Lies is... Is not a high concept movie because it's a guy, but then he cheat fakes on his wife, but then she gets involved, and then there's this, and then there's that, and it's good. But I feel I don't know. Maybe the most successful action films of all time have just been high concept. You can put what it is on the poster, and hmm. right. That's a question for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, apparently. The high right, concept. We'll have, we'll have to think about that one. We'll have to think yeah, about that yeah. one. So, how many shots did you count? How many shots uh, ring out? During this oh, gosh. scene, we shot the door four times. Correct. Correct. There are there are seven shots that were fired at John, and then we oh. see four of them on the door. So, oh wow! So you know, besides shoot. besides you know the the one that hits him in the shoulder and splashes all that that blood across the 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 
the, the door, I guess you can say, or the doorway as he's walking there. And then the shot changes, and we're we're back with with the Uli, you know, climbing up to the roof with the hostages. Now he's he's in between the hostages, which isn't yeah. a very safe place to be. No. You know, if you... <laughs> no. If I was, if, if we were like, in the back of that line, if I was in the back of that line, you just pull Rob, him and, and I, I, I would run downstairs. Or you pull him and 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 you know throw him down the stairs. Yeah, it's not. I, I understand the framing of it and why it works, but and I don't think anybody would have gotten the upper hand on Uli because he's a beast. But right, yeah, that, that was that was. I could have sworn the entire time he was behind them all. I mean, that's where you want to be. Well, that's where he was but, yesterday when we saw him. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And then he ran up. That's odd. I would have just would have yeah. stopped. And he once again has the same dialogue as he did yesterday. Come on, move, move. Come on. <laughs> he's just he's just hurting them. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for him to say yeehaw. You know, just that's like, uh, <laughs> that's the dialogue you give stuntmen though. Just go on, come on, go, 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 go. Like you don't have to exactly act when you say go. Yeah. Yeah. Stuntmen don't right. want to act a lot of times. Just give them and, and And I love the way that they just, you know, we only see him for a few seconds as he's coming up. And then he's like hurting people up, you know, grabbing them and pushing them forward. And then we go back to the fight between John and Carl. And yeah. Carl like bursts through the door. And I love how you see the blood on the door, you know, still dripping from 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 John. And Carl just looks exhausted and really pissed off here. He's probably saying to himself, you know, I'm such an idiot. I should have just shot him at the beginning, and that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's personal. Like, you should have shot him. But he is exactly. limping. I like the limp that yes, he has. Yes, sta- and he staggers, you know, mm-hmm. showing that, 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 that he's winded. You know, John has found a way to get the upper hand here. That's why this movie works well. You have Carl limping. You have... You have Uli eating eating Snickers. You have the other guy talking about football. You have, you know, and the crowd goes wild. All the He doesn't eat Snickers. Little... He, eats a, he eats a Nestle a bar Mars and a Mars bar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and just just watching, I don't know, the little things that they add to the characters makes it so yeah. worth it. But yeah, when he, he limps in here and he's tired. Yeah. I love this. He's bleeding. If, if this was Lethal Weapon, he would, he would just say, I'm too old for this. Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Mel Gibson would use some jujitsu on, on. Exactly. Yeah, that's one yeah, of the first and, movies and, to use jujitsu. Oh, okay. I did, I did not know that. And yeah. he, he just looked really pissed as he's <laughs> as he's walking walking past all of these you know uh, switches and stuff like that. And and I love the way that we can see John's foot. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it gives us a little bit of a hint as to what's going to happen. I mean, we're, it's only for like a second or two, but we still get the hint. And then as he's walking by now, Carl is pretty stupid that he doesn't look to the side to see if anyone's there. That's a separate problem. Okay. And as he's walking by, you know, John just kicks him in the face. Now that barefoot kick is, is done really well because it, it just, he hits him right on the jaw, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Carl goes flying and he lands on some empty boxes that are on some sort of trolley. And you can see that they're empty boxes because they really deflate very quickly. <laughs> and John you know, jumps on them and the two of them are, are like brawling through the whole thing. And then John starts screaming at him, motherfucker, I'll kill you. That sounds like a real fight, though. People swearing yeah. at each other. It's ugly. It's gross. Also, boxes I, Boxes are, are really used on film sets. I remember I had to help build like a box pyramid one time for stuntmen to fall on. You just make a bunch of boxes and they fall on them. 
It's nuts. Right. So those boxes did some good lifting on that cart. Just using what they have. Ah, but yeah, that kick is a lot of fun. And yeah, and I, and I also love the way the two of them are just like punching each other as they're on top of each other like that. Yeah, and there's a dislike. You know, These guys hate each other. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Like, you know how deflating it is to be like a world class martial artist, terrorist, robber, and you're you're taken to the limit by a smarmy New York cop. You're just like, there's a <laughs> deflation. Yeah, exactly. There's a deflation that comes with that. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite MMA fighters to watch is Nate Diaz, and in a lot of his fights, he's not as muscular. He's not as lean. He doesn't have he doesn't have the physique, but you just can't knock him out. And then if you do a five round fight, he's still there in the fifth round wearing you down. Like that seems like John McClain. He's not the biggest. He's not the brawniest. Yeah. But and you if you looked at the two, you would figure out who the winner is. But he's still there. That's so deflating. And I love yeah. that about this fight. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Yeah. And as then the, the shot changes and, and they do a great transition shot here. Because we see the two of them on the box, and then it switches, and we see another kind of box, and we see Theo's hands. You know, he's he's playing with, uh, I assume, some sort of detonator. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see that he turns it on, and you know, as they do in movies, it has to have like uh, flashing lights and beeps and things like that. You know, so that we know that huh? it's actually working. Because in in real life, you know, things things do work without flashing lights and beeps, <laughs> but in movies, they need to have have that. You know, done that way. And Huey Lewis and, is doing some good bag work in the background, if you've noticed. Yes, yes of course. <laughs> and <laughs> and then Theo, you know, says to, to to Hans, it's armed. And then he goes, the truck. And the Hans truck. responds, the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like I like his look here too, Gruber. He's just looking kind of manic right now. And that has to be deflating. You're this larger than life, scarier guy, but then you're just lounging on the ground on your hands and knees, putting money into a bag. Like that really yeah. does take a lot of that out of you. But I do love Huey Lewis in the background, patting the bags all nicely. I don't know if you see that yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, it makes me happy. Look at of course. Tiny, tiny... He just needed something to do for that scene and he's owning it. He's pulling the Steve McQueen of acting over here. <laughs> Yeah, and Holly's just sitting there, you know, with nothing else to do. Hey, so we're about to get to a great quote. So I went ahead and I pulled together some of my favorite movie thieves to do a squad in a movie I would love to see. Ooh, cool. You want to hear who I have? Sure. All right. So it's a very drive driving heavy cast because you know how much I love the Fast and Furious franchise. Yes. So I'm going to take Brian and Dom. No, Brian and Roman from Too Fast, Too Furious, Tyrese and Paul Walker. So Brian okay. and Roman. Then I'm going to take Melly Logan from Logan Lucky, played by um, Riley Keough, because I love Logan Lucky. It's a great thieving movie. Steven Soderbergh directed it. Hasn't gotten enough, not enough eyes are on it. Needs to be watched. So I have Riley Keough, I have Tyrese, and I have Paul Walker. Then from Baby Driver, I took Darling, played by Isa Gonzalez. So I have Devil's ah, okay. Fort. And then I have, so get this, you're going to like this, Linda. From Widows, played by Michelle Rodriguez. But I'm not picking Ooh. a fast character. I'm picking her Widows character. I, I hmm. almost went for Cynthia Rivio because she's so fast and she runs marathons and she's a monster in that movie. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to take Michelle Rodriguez, but not from Fast and Furious. I'm going to take her from Widows. So I have Brian, Dom, 
no, Brian, Roman, Melly, Darling, and Linda as my my thieving crew. Good drivers, kind of maniacs. They go to space. <laughs> they go to space. Beast. Well, had it. Beast. Roman's in space in Fast Nine. Right. So, okay, I just put together. True. That's my thieving crew. They they rob places and I like them. I think they. I think it would make for an interesting movie because of all their, you know, like like Melly's super chill. Brian and Roman are just best buds, but Brian's super chill. Roman's just talking all the time. Darling's just a maniac. And then you have Linda who's super chill. So you have some really different vibes going on oh, wow. with actors I like. So that's my, th- okay. that's my, that's my excellent thieving crew. I just had to do it real quick. All right. That's this. fair. That's fair. That yeah. sounds good. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at this point, Leo leaves, uh, Theo leaves the room and we see, as you mentioned, Eddie, is standing in the back uh, counting bonds or whatever he's he's doing. And then Holly looks up, and as we said, this is a great line for the movie. She says, after all your posturing, all your little speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. And first of all, Hans's reaction is amazing because he he's always calm, but once she makes this comment to him, he loses it. And yep. he turns around, and as he's turning, he's like on his knees. He turns mm-hmm. and, and flips a bag filled with bonds to Eddie, you know, and then moves very close to her. Well, and he, he doesn't really lose his balance while he's doing this also. And then he turns to her and says, I'm an exceptional thief, Mrs. McLean. And uh, we're going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out what exactly he says after that, because that is part of this great quote. But what can he do? The- that's the brilliance of this movie because you make him look a little silly, but then he immediately comes back with a beautiful retort and he could have crawled silly, but he doesn't. It's an intimidating, very well-coordinated crawl. He like so jump, jump crawls. Yeah. And it's, it's a good looking crawl. It's a threatening crawl and it's a wonderful comeback. So you establish yeah. him as weak, but then he comes back to you almost immediately, which is just good storytelling where yes, he's on the ground shuffling money around, but he'll get in your face and come back with a really good comeback. Yeah. And it's lovely. Griffin is on fire. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ugh, too good. Hans Gruber. Oh my gosh. I love that scene. Yeah. He's definitely great there. Mm -hmm. And so you have anything else you want to say before we get into the, to the script? No, let's hear it. Let's hear the script. To the script. Again, a few minor things. First of all, after Hans calls out for McLean, so it it says, uh, you know, tilt up from the CB radio, Carl smashed. We see Carl and, and McLean in the background, almost toe-to-toe, all their tricks played out, going at it with animal instincts. Ooh. Okay. And then, yeah. I would like to hear them both like Joe Pesci from Home Alone going, Frizzle Fracka, 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 Fracka. Just rolling on the ground. I wonder if that's in the TV cut. Maybe. And and then it Hans continues to say McLean, and then he pauses, changes the channel on the CB, and then says, Carl, Carl. And he still gets no response. He looks at Theo and says to Theo, hurry. And then they have Uli, and then... They actually have a description about the helicopters, which actually happens tomorrow. And then it comes back to 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 
to them in the vault, and it says, Theo closes the lid of the bottom stuff case, carries it out of the room. Holly's eyes follow his exit while the others continue. And then Holly says to Hans scornfully, after all your posturing, all your speeches, you're nothing but a common thief. And then he gives the same response that we that we already know. I'm an exceptional thief, this is McLean. And you know, so a few minor changes there, nothing nothing major. I don't think they, they, they missed anything on this one. I think it was it was it was a good they they did a good cut of things to to give us what we ended up getting here. Oh, and he could have he could have overplayed that I'm exceptional thief, but he does it perfectly. I, I could yeah. see so many people messing that up. But not not Gruber. Nah. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Ah, I love this movie. All right. So every Wednesday we have a segment called uh, Hans Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five Alan Rickman films, Alan Rickman performances, excuse me. So, it, you know, you could hate the movie, but you just have to love his performance. So what have, what have you got for us, Mark? I mean, I, you know me, I normally like to do kind of funky lists, but this one's really hard. I, I just couldn't do a funky list for this one because, I mean, it's got to be for me, Die Hard and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Sheriff of Nottingham and Hans Gruber. Yes. I Wait, know as number one and two, you're saying? Yeah. So but we, you got five here. So you're oh, saying Die Hard I'm is working up, my way up from, there. I'm working my way you from should, five. Yeah, okay, you're working your so way I'm, from five. Okay, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick, what, the Metatron from Dogma from 99? Okay. And the reason for that is, the reason for that is, I was a big Kevin Smith guy. I really was. Uh, Clerks kind of, when I was 12, I watched Clerks. I loved how he maxed his credit cards. Mall Rats, I thought was wonderful. And so hearing that Kevin's chasing Amy, I thought was really good too. But hearing that Alan Rickman was going to be in a Kevin Smith movie, when I was 17, I remember hearing that going, all right, like that's, that's interesting. Uh, but just watching Rickman in Kevin Smith's world and watching him yeah. absorb that dialogue, deliver that dialogue, and just all around crush it. He is, he's just wonderful. There's a sense of humor there, but he's still quite menacing, but he fits into Kevin Smith's world wonderfully. And so I'm going to take that just because, you know, 99 was a huge year for me. You know how much I love Deep Lucy. And actually, uh, yeah, and, and also that actually leads into my number four, which is Galaxy Quest, Alexander Dane, because watching the comedic side of him, watching him put the makeup on, watching him, his makeup frazzle, watching his, hang, you know, I love the documentary about Galaxy Quest, too, by the way, where where did you hear about the quote where Tim Allen acted for like the first time in his life and he got emotional on scene and he cried and he was feeling it. And Alan Rickman, I guess, told us some of the castmates like, yes, that's acting <laughs> like he just burned tim allen uh but <laughs> he he's just so good in that movie the the you know i i work comic conventions i did over 50 shows and so you see a lot of that type of wow. actor who there's sort of bitter super smart educated and and you know shakespeare but he's just perfect he's perfect in that movie and just i mean what a cast what a cast in that movie so yeah those are my four and five this one, I, I remember, you know, 95, I remember watching Sense and Sensibility with him in it. And it's a small role, but it's more sensitive. He does some great reading from books, like him, his relationship with Kate Winslet. He teamed up with her later on, but I'm going to do that. I mean, that's just the best picture nominee. It was a super hot movie. I know other actors came from it. But watching that movie in 95, 
I was only familiar with him as a villain. And so watching that movie, right. I was like, this is a stuffy movie. Arr. But I watched it. Well, actually, I didn't. I don't know if I said that. Because I was watching all those movies, like Remains of the Day. I don't know. But I remember watching it and just thinking, this is odd. It was an odd sensation watching Alan Rickman be just watching him and Winslet together. And and just, yeah. So that's my number three. You know what? I'm going to put Hans Gruber as number two. Ooh. Because he's great in it. But in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he's like a rock star. Like you, my quarters, eight, bring a friend. You know, I will, I will what? Rip, tear your heart out. I will dig your heart out with a spoon. And just his yeah. acting is just, his hand is so hot in that movie. Like his performance is just over the top. He he kind of loses it a little bit. It's just pure gold. Now I haven't seen Quigley Down Under. I'm gonna be doing a movie Stones of Flicks episode about it soon. So, you know, my list might change. But I growing up, I you know, watching his performance, you bring a friend. Like it's just he's in another movie. And he, he just steals the movie. <laughs> like in Die Hard, he's great, right? But I don't think he's everyone steals the movie in Die Hard. In Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he just owns it. He owns every frame he's in. So that's why I'm giving it number one. Okay. That's fair. It's boring. It's boring. Right. I hate being boring, but... Yeah. It's not a question of being boring. It's fine. You're, you know, you, you are allowed. Mark, this is this is your yeah, list. True. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Now. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. But a lot of people are going to be mad that I didn't take that right. hard. I like him in Harry Potter movies, but he's not in it enough. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put him in there. Yeah, so that's it. Okay. That is completely fair. All right. So you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with Mark yeah, Movie Films and Flicks, Movie Films on FLIX. You can check it out pretty much anywhere. Just type it in, any social media channel. And then Deep Blue See the Podcast, Con Air the Podcast. You can do the same on all those. Yeah, that's it. All right, and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. yippee